Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. It's good to bring your Bibles. I hear more and more pages flipping. I see bigger calluses on, uh, on uh, fingers that move uh, electronic devices, so that's good. You're using them more. It's good to, good to be in the Word. Um, it's good to be there for yourself because in this day and age, you need to be there. I need to be there. We need to each be in the Word and have it a part of our lives on a regular basis. And so it's good to bring your Bible. Even though we put things up on the screen and so on and so forth, it's good to have your own, make notes in it. I'm still trying to learn how to put notes in electronic devices that are easy to find. And uh, it seems to be pretty, actually pretty slick, but... It's good. It's good, however you do that, to, to be being, be in the Word. Be being. We have a theme going. I have a theme going anyway. Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. I, uh, I absolutely love Bible characters. I love the people in the Bible. I love the, the way their lives are portrayed. They're portrayed honestly. They're portrayed real. And uh, when you read these stories, it's not like they're trying to sugarcoat somehow, oh, these guys were perfect. Everything they did was right. Every, every attitude of their heart, everything, you know, and, you just, and, and it's this unattainable uh, existence that, you know, we should, we should want to be there, but just, you know, you'll never will. Now, these are, are very real people. Very... Uh, Normal people, as, as, as abnormal as we all are, they're just very normal people. They had the same aspirations, the same fears, the same uh, opportunities to, to believe and to doubt. And uh, as I read this, I'm, <laughs> I'm greatly comforted. Because when I read these things, I go, well, you know what? I, I think the same way. I make the same mistakes. I, uh, I, I have the wrong motive, the same wrong motives at times. And if God could use them, praise God, it gives me an open door. There's still an opportunity. I want to read this. And this, you know, you might, it may not be uh, totally uh, obvious to you, but with uh, the things that I've been going through this week on an individual basis, this really spoke to my heart. Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them, Jesus, this is Jesus talking about Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Hallelujah. So, verse 6, When they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? These guys had spent three years with Jesus, intimately. I mean, they actually saw him. They talked to him. They saw the miracles. They saw the stuff going on. These guys, they lived with him. They went where he went. They camped where he camped. They ate the same food he ate. They heard his teachings. If anybody should have caught, if anybody should have understood what was going on at the time, it should have been these guys. 
These are the in, inner circle, the twelve, the, the three. You know, we hear about these, you know, the, he picked out of the multitudes, he picked twelve. And we, we you know, that, the, that's the first level of I'm really, I really love God because he didn't pick the elite of the elite. He kind of picked the people nobody else would. People that were in, in regular life uh, of no account. People that nobody else would notice. He picked us. He picked people just like you and me. I mean, when I look at my life, okay, stop right now. Here, and this is, this is a vital part of this morning, is stop right now and look back 30 years. Look back 30 years in your life, not in history, not in the world events. I'm saying look back 30 years in your personal life. Would you have picked you? You know, we were, we were joking uh, over Christmas about how uh, Deb and I met. And uh, Deb and I, they were talking about how, uh, well, Deb's dad says, yeah, he said he rode up on a motorcycle with long hair and a beard and told me he was marrying my daughter. <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, yeah, absolutely, there is nobody coming in and getting my daughter like that. I wasn't the one somebody would have picked for their daughter. Praise God, it wasn't his choice. <laughs> but I do get a choice. I just want you to know. We wouldn't have picked us. We, you know, most of us wouldn't even pick us now. We wouldn't look at, our, at the way we think, the way we live, the, the standard of of this standard and that standard and go, oh, that's the one right there. I love God. He picks the ones He wants to pick, not because of who you are, but of who you're going to be. And who He sees in you. You know, we're, we're going to be celebrating this afternoon. Surprise, it's a surprise. Uh, we're going to be celebrating... <laughs> We are a well-oiled machine here. I get it. I totally get it. But we're going to be celebrating 50 years of marriage after church today for Vernon Mary Norton. I mean, that's just what a great... What a great inspiration of, of the love of God. Of the plan of God for people's lives. Of... of People living out that love on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. But if you'd have known Vern 50 years ago, you'd have never picked him. <laughs> that just shows you that Mary had God's heart <laughs> way back then. <laughs> but if you've ever heard any of his stories, you'll have to hear some of his testimonies sometime. They're amazing. There's going to be a book, there's got to be a book written about his life and how he, you know, how could anybody survive that? <laughs> but you wouldn't have picked us. And then when you start thinking about your every day, think about this last week. The things you, you didn't do right. The wrong choices you made, whether it be in, in the natural world or even spiritually. I, I can be my biggest critic. I can be the one who kicks myself 
the worst. Because I don't do everything right. I don't, I don't always do everything I should do. But you, you run into people like Paul when he's writing, and he says, he says, who will save me from this wretched man? Because I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do, and, vice, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, he, even Paul, that was at the end of his life. That's after he had written all those letters and preached in all those places and done all those things. He just was kicking himself. But he understood something that we need to understand. Because as God continues to draw us into his presence, and that's what he's doing right now. And I don't mean just this moment. It's part, this moment is part of it. But I'm talking about, it's, it's been now uh, over a month, almost two months, that it just seems like God is drawing each and every one of us into a deeper walk with Him. He keeps calling us. He keeps drawing us. He, he keeps saying, you can come to me. Come over here. Come with me. Spend time with me. And as He continues to do that, that's not going to stop. It's actually going to get stronger. You know, for, for some who have been, who've been stepping over into that area, have been experiencing the deeper things of God, they're not even there yet. We're getting deeper, and it's, it's, it, we can't handle it all at one time. If we, if we just went into His presence, you know, the full blow, it, the Bible says we'd die. But He's drawing us into a relationship. And if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't, if you don't know uh, about His desire to have a relationship, a real relationship that has substance to it, has, has real world uh, uh, ugh, stuff, then you might think, well, this, you know, what are you talking about? I'm saying we, we serve a God who doesn't, isn't just out there somewhere who, okay, yeah, he started something and he sent Jesus a while back, and, you know, but when we die, hopefully we get to where he's at. No, we, we, we live in the presence of a living God who is right here, right now, and wants to have a real relationship with you where you're at, and he wants to affect the world around you and in you right this very moment. And all it takes is a hungry heart going, God, I want more of you right now. And the drawing that God is doing for each and every one of us is getting stronger. <laughs> Some days I can barely handle it. And it's not because I'm there and I'm experiencing it. It's because He calls to me. He, he, I can feel, the, I, can, I can sense through His Word, I can sense through His Spirit that He's drawing me and I don't go there. Because I, I got this I got to do. And I, I'm, I'm busy in the middle of this. And, I'm, and I just kick myself. But here's the deal, I'm a real person. And if I'm experiencing that, I know you are. Okay, so we're on this together. And, and, and easily, you know, the enemy can start saying, well, see, you blew it. You know, God called you, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't draw near to him. He's going to quit calling. It's just, you know, no, no, he's not. 
That's the great thing about God, is his patience. We're going to read about patience in a little bit here. I am convinced, it's one of my, my new pet uh, beliefs about God. I can't put, make it a theology yet. So here I'm, I'm making a very you know, clear dis, you know, qualifier that this is what I believe. I believe that God figures in your mistakes. When he asks you to do something, I mean, there have been so many times where he's asked me to step out in faith and do something, pray for this person, uh, minister to that person, uh, ask, you know, uh, uh, share, share the love of God with that person as, you know, through a testimony or whatever, and I've not done it. And every time I kick myself. And then, and then I, at the end of it, after, you know, after the proper amount of time kicking myself, <laughs> which is a total waste of everybody's time, every time you think you have to do something to you know, kick yourself long enough that God now, then now God can forgive you, you've wasted all of that time. Because it's not about being able to pay for anything. Not, not being able to, to make amends for anything. He loves you. And he wants, to be, he wants you to be in his presence. And he has done everything he possibly can to, re, to return that relationship back to the way it was supposed to be. And I am convinced he totally understands that we're screw-ups. And when we miss it, and when we don't do it, and when we fall short, and when we don't, we don't measure up, He's already figured that in. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. That you haven't wasted a second. You're just being human and He's dealing with that. He's dealing with the humanness in you. So when He calls you, when, he, when you think you've got it figured out, and that's what, what's so cool about this story right here, is these guys just spent three years with Jesus manifest. The, the physical embodiment of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of all the universe. He's right there. Every word He said to them was truth. Everything He did was truth. Everything He did was life. I mean, you know, how in the world, if, if, if Jesus was right here right now preaching to us, we would not miss a second of it, would we? We would understand all of it, and we would just get it, and we would you know, never have to make that mistake ever, because he would just say it so clearly that we would just, there would be no mistake on our part, and we would ever, never fall short whatsoever. No. That's what I love about these guys. It's because, you know, Jesus is saying, hey, when, you, when, when, uh, when this all plays out, you know, don't leave. Go to Jerusalem because there I'm gonna I'm gonna fill you with the Holy Spirit. And I go, okay, great. And so they asked this question, verse six. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> now, theologically, we can look back over two thousand years, and the the correct answer is, I already did it. He had already done it. He had already fulfilled that. I mean, there were, they were thinking of this, this uh, Old Testament prophecies that said, you know, I'm going to restore the kingdom back to Israel. The moment he died and rose again from the grave, he reestablished the real Israel. Those who believe in him. 
He'd already did it. They missed it. These are the guys who were there every minute of every day for three years. So how much better is it for us? How much more for us that when we don't always get it right, do you think he slaps us down? No. He's just, you know, he's like any other parent. There are things when you see your child do certain things, you just got to go, that's cute. They'll get it. They'll get there. You know, the, the first time they try to take their first step and they fall. Do we go, that's it, kid. I, I'm, I'm done with you. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I gave you one chance. You blew it. Forget it. Find somebody else to teach you to walk. Or the first time they try to eat by themselves. That is a beautiful thing to watch. <laughs> it's at that point we quit spending money on going out to do things. It's just like, hey, there's entertainment right here. You know? <laughs> Give them a box and some food and, you know, and a, you know, a room to play. And it's just like... And then you put two of them. You get two. And then you put them in the same room. It's just scary. But it's... Uh, he loves watching us. He loves being with you. There's nothing about you that is repulsive to Him. Because once you're born again, the thing that's repulsive to Him is gone. That sin is gone. He loves you. And He gets it. He gets it if you miss it. He's drawing us daily. He's drawing us to Him. He's drawing us to Him. He's drawing us to Him. I guarantee you, if you, you've already heard over the last few weeks from Him that He says, come to Me. Come closer to Me. Spend time with Me. Read the Word. Spend time with Me. I said a couple of weeks ago, I said, we're, you know, we're going to spend some time to, to help you. If you feel like you've never heard the voice of God, we're going to help you. I'm going to help you hear the voice of God. You want to do that right now? You want to let's let's practice hearing the voice of God right now. And I guarantee you that everyone here, everyone on television, anybody who listens to this on, on the on the uh, the internet, whatever it may be, when we get done here in just a few minutes, every one of us will have heard the voice of God. Okay, ready? Turn with me to Acts chapter one, verse four. Acts chapter 1, let's go to verse 7. Let's go to verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? You just heard the voice of God. It's not my voice. It's what we just read. Every time you open that Bible up, every time you pick that word up and you begin to read it, wherever it is, you hear the voice of God. It isn't some magical, mystical, uh, some get it and some don't situation if you feel like you've never heard the voice of God just pick the Bible up and start reading it 
and it will speak to you. The more you pick the Bible up and the more you read it, the more it speaks to you. The more He speaks to you. The more you spend time in, in meditating on His Word, spend time thinking about what you just read, spend time uh, uh, even quoting it back to Him. The more time you do that, the more you hear the voice of God. But you have to do it. That's the, that's the trick. If you, didn't, if you haven't picked that book up, if you haven't picked that up and just spent time reading it, you're right, you're probably missing a large part of what he wants to say to you. It's not magical. It's not mystical. It's not ooey-wooey. It's very concrete. And His Word doesn't change. He wants you to hear His voice. And He has, he has given us His Word to man. The Bible. And as we read that, we then hear His voice enough that all of a sudden, when that still small voice talks, and He does speak with a still small voice from His Spirit, His Spirit to your Spirit, uh, His Spirit to your, your understanding, He does do that also, but it always sounds like that. It always sounds like the Word. And that's when you go, hey, I've heard that before. I wonder if that's God. And the way you, you, you get better at hearing that still small voice is when you hear that still small voice and you obey that still small voice and it happens the way the still small voice says. And I'm not saying, you know, do something crazy because the, the, the Word doesn't tell us to do something, you know, di, you know, stupid. He tells us to do something that's full of life. And when you obey that, you know, I, I heard somebody say one time, I can guarantee you, if, if you hear a still small voice that says, go witness to so-and-so, that is God. Because he would never tell you, you know, the, the enemy will never tell you to witness to somebody. If you hear a still small voice that says, hey, go, go bless so-and-so, go, go love on so-and-so, go, go, go give somebody a call and spend some time with them and tell them how much I love them. Or whatever. That will never be Satan. So we can start narrowing down what isn't God. And the more time you spend in His presence, the more when you hear that other voice, you go, <laughs> no. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to hear this morning, to him who has ears to hear, that he is drawing each and every one of us. There's not anybody here that is disqualified from a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. And last, last time I spoke, two weeks ago, I, I closed out talking about men. And men having this little bit of a hurdle to get over. And one of the things is, you know, I, you know, everybody talks about being in love with Jesus. 
That's a little strange. I just, you know, I don't know if I can get there. Don't worry about that. Spend time with Him. Spend time reading the Word. Spend time meditating on the Word. Spend time just, even just sitting and listening. Which is one of the hardest things for 21st century Americans to do. Is to just sit and listen. At the end of the services uh, since the first of the year, uh, just we've been being led by the Holy Spirit to, to sit and listen. To, to end the service with having the worship team come back and, and telling people, hey, you can just stay right where you're at. Just spend time in the presence of God. Just, just spend time worshiping personally. Listening for His voice. Worshiping Him. Praying. Whatever, however He's leading you to fellowship with Him right now. And that's the cool thing about God. He can lead one person to, to fellowship one way and He can lead another person to fellowship a different way. That's awesome. With Him, I mean. Not with each other. If you do that, if you want to fellowship with each other, step outside because that's great. We want you to fellowship. Two weeks ago was beautiful. I thought it was so amazing. I had to leave at a certain time and I was getting ready to go and I was thinking, well, i got to do something. You know, not everybody's gone. There were tons of people here just fellowship, just, just hanging out, just talking. I don't know what time you left. The rule is last person out turns off the lights. All right, Just so you know, that's the rule, okay? I want we want people to hang out and get to know each other and spend time. A lot of, for a lot of people, you know, for a lot of us, it's the only time we see each other. Great, please do that. But when we in a service, when when this when we close out a service and there's music and we're we're saying, hey, the the front, you know, there's an altar up here. Then then let's make the sanctuary the sanctuary because there's some amazing things starting to happen in people's lives. And if you've never done that, if you've never just hung out here, I encourage you to do it. You might think, well, what do I have to do? Nothing. Just, just sit for a while. Do something you haven't done in a long, long time. Just sit and do nothing. Spend time in His presence. Let Him, if He wants to, if he wants to do something, He'll do it. Or if, he, you know, if you go, well, maybe I should read some, some verse. That might be Him leading you. Huh. Huh. Go ahead and read that verse. <clears throat> I foresee that continuing on. It was interesting because January, that's just what the Lord began to speak to me. He said, he said spend, tell people, or give, give opportunity for people to spend time in my presence. Do it during the service. Do it at the end of the services. You know, make, make this, allow this to be a... a, a altar of sorts that people can just come to and kneel or stand or, or whatever. And so we began to do that. Not, I mean, I just, we just started doing it. That was the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I, one of the things I don't do, and I know I should, I probably should, and people have encouraged me to, and I, I, I'm stubborn. But I don't, I don't read a lot of other people's prophecies. I also don't listen to a lot of other people's sermons because I don't, I don't want to be influenced to do or say something based on what somebody else says. I want to hear it from God. Now, I know that's not absolutely, that's not, you know, you should read those things and you should listen to other people's sermons. But I'm just saying for me, that's just the way the Holy Spirit has led me for a while. So I, I don't, I don't usually read those kinds of things. 
But on uh, this week, as I was just spending time with God, just sitting and listening, I was led to read an email that someone had sent me that I had purposefully not read. I had put it on, I just ignored it. I hadn't even opened it yet because I knew what was in it. And it was a word that, that the Holy Spirit had given this person about 2015. And I just was like, no, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to look at that. I've just decided not to do it. But I also didn't erase it. And that day, I felt led, I felt led by the Spirit to, to actually open it. And when I began to read what the Lord had said to that person, He said, don't be surprised this year if during your church services that you have times, protracted times of just sitting and listening for God's voice. I went, whoa. Wow, we knew that before it was popular. Glory to God. That's, that's a confirmation. That's, that's, how you, that's another way to hear the voice of God. It's a confirmation of what He's already said to you. So we're going to continue that. We're just going to make opportunity. It's not going to be... A, It's not going to be doctrine. It's not going to be, it's just going to be what we're going to do, at least today. We'll see what happens next week. But I encourage you, I encourage you to, to take advantage of those times because I, I totally understand about real life. Real life is busy. Real life is more busy today than it was 30 years ago. There are more things that are, are drawing on our time. There's more things that are, are trying to elevate themselves to the number one position than, than ever before. You literally could be running from the time you wake up until the time you put your head back down on the pillow. And there's everybody wants you to spend time doing what they want you to do. Go here, go there, buy this, so on and so forth. So I totally understand that it is hard sometimes to just carve out a, a time where you can spend time with God. But here, just to hopefully release some of that pressure, it doesn't have to be an hour. Years ago, way back, back when I first rededicated my life to the Lord, and I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but just way back, back at the earliest points of where where God got a hold of me, showed me I was stupid. And if I didn't knock it off, I was going to be in a lot of trouble. And I finally listened to him. And I finally finally humbled myself, finally repented and allowed him to be the Lord of my life. I had nothing but time. Why? Because my friends would have nothing to do with me anymore. You are a freak. You talk about stuff we don't want to hear. We want to talk about stuff you don't want to hear. Leave us alone. Don't come here anymore. Stay away from us. Wonderful, open-minded people. So I had nothing but time. And I used to spend, I'd go to work. And I actually started making more money because I just stayed at work longer because I had nothing else to do. Started working a lot of overtime. So, but I had hours and hours and hours of alone time. And so I began to read the Word. I just began to be in, in the Bible, spend time in the Bible, spending time in Him. Hours, hours and hours and hours. 
I read through the New Testament in that first year dozens of times. Hours and hours and hours reading and reading and meditating and praying and seeking God. And I'd pray. I mean, I prayed all the time. I'd pray, you know, when I was had free time, but I'd also pray at work. I mean, I had one of those jobs, you know, the hot dog factory. Do you know that you can make hot dogs and pray all day long? Because the mind does not have to be engaged. <laughs> it's actually the thing that kept me sane. Just thinking about God, praying, seeking Him, listening for His voice. I learned so much making hot dogs. Wow! I spent all this time just, just wonderful, amazing, just a, a deep deep relationship with the living God. And, I, and it, just, it, it just drove me to my knees most times because you know here I was thinking I had my life all figured out and I was killing myself and, and destroying my very existence day by day until God saved me and showed me there was, I, was a, I was an idiot. But that He loved me and forgave me and wanted me to come back more than He could ever imagine. More than I could ever imagine. Then in a church service one day, they announced that they were going to show a new video. We, want, we have a video teaching that we want to go through as a church, and it was how to pray. And they said, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's the, here's the steps to having really effective prayer. And they had all these steps, and they had all these expectations, and all these rules, and you had to do it this way, and you had to say these things, and you had to be this way and that way. And I was taking notes feverishly because I wanted to be as, as, as diligent and as, as, as purposeful and as, as effective Christian as I possibly could be. And over the series of the three-week series in church, it killed my prayer life. Because it was rules. It wasn't relationship. And I struggled for years trying to pray. Now, it doesn't mean I didn't have fellowship with God. It doesn't mean I didn't have a relationship with God. It didn't mean I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it, it wasn't what it used to be. It wasn't until I went, you know what? Skip the rules. I want to spend time with God. I want to be with Him. I want, to, I want to focus on Him. I want to do what He wants to do. I want to do it when He wants to do it. I want to do it how and why He wants to do it. And it became a relationship again that all of that was restored. So when I say, you know, do it a certain way, what I'm saying is I'm, it's an invitation for you to come and to spend time with God in a way that He wants you to do it. He loves you. And He wants to spend time with you, I mean real time, where there's actual communion. But it want, He wants it to be a relationship, not... Oh, you've got to spend you know, this much time reading today, and then you have to quote this many verses, and you have to, you have to memorize these, these out of this chapter, and then you'll have a relationship with God. No. Let God be God. If you do nothing 
but just sit for five minutes every morning and go, you know what, God? Three minutes. If it happens while you're driving to work and it's ten minutes that you can just drive and go, you know what, God, I'm here, I'm available. And if nothing happens, do it again the next day. And then the next day. Because there's a verse in the Bible that says, if you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. We have to seek with our whole heart. If at times you've not sought him with your whole heart, it's awesome. Here's what you can do. Lord, I'm sorry. I haven't been seeking you with my whole heart. My desire is from here on out I want to. Wasn't that simple? We don't have to do penance. We don't have to crawl across the... beating ourselves with a Viking jersey. Or... <laughs> Equal opportunity sermon. I'm just going uh, <laughs> place whatever team you want to in there. Whichever one causes you the most pain. For me, it's the Vikings. <laughs> it's a relationship. It's about him loving you and, and, and wanting to spend time with you. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to know him more today than you did yesterday. Now, does that mean you're going to have a full revelation download and you're going to know everything and all things and you're going to have all understanding? No, you're going to be like these disciples who spent all that time with him and still went, okay, so is this what's going to happen next? And he goes, no, 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 just, just go and wait. That's what he told them to do. Go to Jerusalem and, and just you stay there until the Holy Spirit comes. That's how we do this. Let him be God but at least be open to letting him be God. Amen? Can I have the worship team come back? I've asked them to come back again. Usually I preach for another 15 minutes, but I'm giving you a reprieve today. I'm letting you off easy today. What I want to do is your kids, if you have kids, they're not getting released for another 15 minutes. If you don't have kids, your your dinner has you know the timer on your dinner has been set for you th this next 15 minutes are freebies. I just gave you 15 free minutes in your day. Here's what I want you to do. They're going to go back into worship. They're going to so can you can you sing the was it the third song you sang? What was the, the third song that you guys sang? Called me higher. Probably. I don't know any of the names of the songs. I don't know. Sing it for you? No. We have a presence of the Lord here. We do not want to chase him away. Okay. No. So they're going to they're gonna go back into worship. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to sit, sit. If you want to come up front. Kind of what we've been doing at the end of the service each week. But how he leads you. You've got 50. Just... If nothing else, just sit there in his presence for 15 minutes. Now, I don't care if you don't hear a word. Trust me, you'll experience God. Amen?